Welcome to the Catholic Truth Podcast, where we teach and preach the truth of the Catholic faith without compromise and without apology. We want to give you high energy and non-boring Catholicism, where anyone at any time can come to know exactly what the Catholic Church teaches and why. We do apologetics, spirituality, other religions, our culture, and more. Most of all, we want to inspire you, inform you, and help you to know, love, and live your Catholic faith with purpose and passion. We are Catholic Truth. I just want to brag for a second about the the humility of God, the humility of Jesus Christ. Think about that. God is infinitely beyond us, infinitely beyond anything that we can even dream of. And the Bible says that if any man sees God, he will be dead on the spot. So because no man can see God and live. And yet God, who is ineffable beyond us, the God of all praising, all majesty, all glory, he chose to become a man in the person of Jesus Christ for our sake, to come to know us more so we could relate to him, to die for our sins, to take on our shame, our sin, our filth. He who is the purest of lights, he who is the purest of purity, pure holiness, pure gold, he decided to take on pure dirt from us so we we could be cleaned, so that we could go free, so that we could be saved and go to heaven. Now, that is an amazing, wonderful God. And Philippians chapter 2 says that Jesus emptied himself of all his glory and took on the form of a slave, us, a man. He took on human nature like us in order to save us, in order to be with us, in order to show us just how much he loves us. It's insanity that God would become a man to show us how much he loves us. They say that love does crazy things. Like when you're in love, you do crazy things. Well, God loves us so much that he did this crazy thing that he became one of us in order to save us. The fact that God, who is over us in every way imaginable, became smaller than us, he became poorer than us, and he became lower than us, in order to relate to us, share with us, call us, and have us follow him. Think about that. It's amazing. It's mind-blowing. And even when he was born, the king of heaven and earth, the second person of the blessed trinity, the one who could use his hand and wipe out the entire world in a second, he could blink his eye and everything would cease to exist. The power of all powers was born in a manger, not in the highest hotel, not in the most grand hotel, not surrounded by friends and family, not surrounded by loved ones. Sure, they tried to go to the inns, but the inns were full. They tried to go to the places that where Mary could be comfortable, where she could have a baby, but they ended up going to a cave out in some field with some animals, and that is where the King of Kings was born. The Lord of Lords. That should be a lesson to us, that the God Almighty chose to be born in a manger, in silence, in the cold, with no one around. He was born as a little, tiny, helpless baby. Now, I want to come back later in the video to show how this applies to our lives, but I just want to briefly show you the humility of Christ before we show about the humility of humanity or the lack thereof. But from there, I mean, Christ was 
baptized into a sinner's baptism. Would you ever do that if you were sinless? Or would you say, oh, I'm perfectly sinless. I don't need to be baptized into that. But Christ was baptized into a sinner's baptism. People probably assumed he was a sinner, that he needed it. But Christ did not care what people thought. Even in John chapter 4, it says the opinions of people, who, which are fickle, didn't matter to Christ. The only, which is real humility in itself, not caring what people think is true humility. Only caring about who you are. If people say something about you that's evil, that's wrong, that doesn't make you worse. And if people praise you, that doesn't actually make you better. Maybe in your own eyes it does, maybe in their eyes it does, but in reality, you are still you, beautiful child of God. And what people say positive doesn't make you better. What people say negative doesn't make you worse. Humility, true humility, recognizes who we are despite what other people think. And Jesus had that to perfection. Think about this, too. The fact that Jesus, I mean, he was dependent on mankind. Mankind who spits in his face. Mankind who's like the dirt on the bottom of a boot compared to God Almighty. He came to serve mankind. That's amazing. I mean, he let Mary change his diaper. He let Mary brush his teeth. He let Mary feed him and teach him his his prayers and teach him how to eat and teach him everything he needed to know and even corrected him. And in fact, in the Bible where he stayed back in Jerusalem as a kid, Mary told him to come along and Jesus obeyed her. The Bible says he grew in obedience and wisdom and knowledge. And of course, he's perfect in knowledge and wisdom. He is the wisdom of God, the Bible says. But we're talking about in his humanity. His human nature grew in wisdom and in obedience. But think about God being subject to a man, being obedient to a little tiny man. The humility of God is amazing. And on the cross... He was crucified, most likely naked, as people were back in the day. I mean, and he chose to do that. He chose to take one of the most humiliating deaths of all time for our sake. And when he rose, he wasn't like, booyah, here I am, devil, eat it. I remember I was in an Ultimate Frisbee game once, and I love to win and I hate to lose. At least back in the day, I've been trying to work on that. And I remember I was going for a touchdown, and four guys from the other team were all covering me because I already had a few touchdowns. And they were on me like, they were pushing me and it was annoying me. And I used to have a bad, you know, temper in sports. I used to like hate when people got on me and stuff. So I, I was pushing them back and we were all, you know, vying for the Frisbee. And I remember as soon as it came up, I pushed myself off of the shoulder of one of the people and reached off higher than all of them. And I grabbed the Frisbee and I brought it down and they all fell down. And somehow I was standing and I looked around at all of the people on the ground and I had the Frisbee in the end zone and I scored a touchdown. I was like, oh, yeah baby eat that and I remember spiking the frisbee on top of one of the other players I said how do you like that and I was like talking trash (laughs) to them I was full of pride I was full of arrogance I love to win and I hate to lose because I have too much pride and I think in humility I can say this I think it's a reflection of me if I do well then I'm good if I don't do well and I stink and I lose, then I'm a loser. Or maybe people think I am or I'm not good enough or I'm not as good as I should be or I'm not as good as other people. Can you see how we compare ourselves to other people all the time? When Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't gloat about it. He didn't break out in maybe power and glory. He broke out in silence. 
I mean, hardly even well, anyone knew he rose from the dead. He had to go, like, appear to people and show them. Yeah, sure, maybe the guards were, like, scared to death. Obviously, if you saw someone rise. But Jesus rose in humility. He was crucified in humility. He didn't need to brag. He didn't need to show off. He knows who he is. Bragging, showing off, telling people how awesome we are, you know, bragging on dates when we go out with people, that's all uh, it's all pride. It's all insecurity. And much of our pride comes from fear and insecurity and not being good enough. But Jesus didn't struggle with that. He had pure uh, humility. He knew who he was. And this is a lesson to all of us. How many of us? I mean, Jesus, could you imagine if you were in Jesus's shoes? Imagine if you're a parent and you had your first kid and you couldn't be born in a hospital, and someone sent you to a field that was dirty, and it was cold, and no, but none of your family could see you, and everything bad happened. Have you ever been in a situation like that where bad things happen in your life, and you think God should be giving you something better, and so you start questioning God, why would you let this happen, God? I thought you loved me. How? I mean, why would you let this happen? I serve you. I'm better than all these other people. I serve you, and you're still treating me like garbage. How many times do we put God on trial because we think we know more than God? That is the deathly pride that is going to kill us. And we're going to have a whole video on pride and the deadly sin of pride in this in a, in a future video. But the reality is, how many of us would think that Mary and Joseph would be like, God, how could you let your son be born in a trough? How could you not let your son be born in a nice hotel? I mean, aren't you watching out for him? And they didn't complain. Whatever circumstances they had come to them, they didn't complain to God. They didn't question God. They, the Holy Family, we call them, Mary, Jesus, Joseph, the Holy Family, we say that they followed God perfectly in humility the way we should. This is a, this is a lesson for us. How many of us compare ourselves to others? If we're born in, our baby's born in a dumpy hospital, we might compare ourselves to friends who are born in a nice hospital. If we don't live in a nice part of town, we might be worried that people who come visit who have a nice house might judge us for our house or our car or our job or our status in life or our watch or our clothes or our many things that we try to have and do and keep up with the Joneses just so we can look the part, we can look a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain way, have people respect us more, and it's all vanity of vanities, as the Bible says. Having a good job does not make you better. Sometimes it makes you worse. Sometimes it keeps you from getting to heaven. Having a good home, having the latest technology, the biggest screen TV, having a nice new car every year or every two years when you get sick of it, none of these things make us better. They don't make us holier. And in fact, sometimes they have the opposite effect. A lot of times they're just for our ego and we don't even realize it half the time. How many people can't even go outside without wearing makeup or without combing their hair or without, I mean, yeah, sure, we should look good. But when we start caring what people think to the point where it changes us, and we start doing things to care what people think, that's a problem. How many times do we think we know better than God? How many times do we think that God should be giving us this or be giving us that? He didn't give us that job. How dare he? He didn't give us this car. He didn't give us this relationship. He took this relationship from me. How dare he? Padre Pio says that to doubt God is the biggest insult of divinity. Wow. 
the biggest insult of divinity to think we know more than God. Sure, we might be disappointed with life circumstances. Sure, we might be disappointed with things that happen in life. And we might even be upset and angry, but there's there's one thing to share our frustrations and there's another to put God on trial, to think we know more, to think he owes us. All of this is pride and we need to follow Jesus Christ, his perfect humility, even humility to other people. How many times do we need to obey other people and we don't? How many times do we need to obey God and we don't? How many times do we need to obey God's commandments and we don't? God did not in any way, shape, or form need to obey humans, but he chose to, to set an example for us. And yet we need to obey God, follow his commandments, and follow his will. And how often we don't. How often we do our own will. How often we only care about what we want. How often and how little we actually ask God what he wants from us in our life. How little, day to day, we ask God what he needs from us, where he would like us to go, who he would like us to talk to. How little we surrender our lives to him. We want what we want now. But God surrendered everything. Philippians 2 says he gave up all of his glory, gave up everything, even to the point of death on the cross, out of love for you. How much do you give out of love for him? How much do we surrender out of love for him? We need to work on humility. Humility brings us to God. And the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5 that God resists the proud, even if they're right. How many times online are we bashing other people down saying, hey, you're an idiot. Hey, you're a loser. Hey, moron, if you actually knew the gospel, you would follow this. Hey, this, hey, that. And we condemn them. We call them names. We laugh at them with a hundred laughy faces. That is the disgusting, evil pride that the Bible talks about and that God rejects. As one holy priest said, God resists the proud even if they're right. Even if they're right, God rejects the proud because he hates pride. He hates the demonic form of pride where we think we're better, we look down on others, and we lack the one thing that God asks us to have, and that is love and mercy. Love and mercy and compassion to other people. Even when Jesus disagreed with them, you didn't see him acting so immaturely as so many Catholics and Christians act. They act like pagans except they're supposed to be Christians. And he calls us to be humble. So maybe some of these lessons are for each of us. Each of us are struggling with different things, but we're all called to love and respect others and not to put ourselves over them. We're all called to treat others equally, not to think we're better. We're all called to obey our superiors, to obey government, and even to obey our spouses. Ephesians chapter 5 says we are supposed to be subordinate to each other to be subjective to each other, to respect one another. And St. Francis de Sales says, if you really want to work on humility, obey people, even in little things, even when you don't have to. Someone has a preference of a restaurant or a movie or a book or something, and you don't really want to do it, do it as an act of humility and act and do it out of love for them. Say, sure, we'll watch that movie. Inside, you don't really want to, but say, sure, because you care about the other person more than you care about yourself. And the more we get out of ourselves, and into other people, the more we love and the less prideful we are. Could you imagine yourself naked on a cross in your own town? Would you ever come back to that town again? Would you ever come back to your state again? If everybody was in a huge circle around you looking at you naked and laughing at you, 
<laughs> I mean, that is what Jesus went through on the cross. So let's pray for humility. The best, the single best prayer you could ever pray for is the litany of humility. It is a wonder, a marvel, a beautiful prayer. Look up the litany of humility. If you want a copy of it, just email us at thecatholictruth.com and I will send it to you for free. Um, and it's literally life-changing, especially if you've lost a relationship recently. Let's say your house burned down. Sometimes it takes really big catastrophic events in our life to make us realize that we have nothing, that we are nothing, that we can do nothing without God, that we came into this world naked and we're going to leave this world naked. We have nothing. We're just on a, a journey across the bridge. We don't own anything we have. It's all coming and going. We have just ourselves. And if you bring yourself, just yourself to Christ, will it be good enough? Will you be approved? Will you have the humility and the love and the holiness that you will need? Hebrews 14 says, without this holiness, you will not see God. So pray the litany of humility. It will change your life. And if you're really prideful, if you're really struggling with loss in your life, pray it twice a day. It's hard at first. I'm not going to lie to you, but it's amazing. It's life-changing. It's life-changing. It's life-changing. Send us the email. We'll send you the litany of humility or look it up online. But it's amazing. Pray it every day, twice a day. It'll change your life. It's, you're not praying that God step on you and humble you. You're praying from the false fears that we struggle with in life and to be freed from them and from the false desires that stem from fear and that stem from pride. We're just praying to be delivered from them so we can see life and see God and see ourselves the way God sees it, the way it should be seen, and to live life the way that God wants us to. Most of all, please pray for us. Please pray for me, President of Catholic Truth, and help us to reach so many souls for Christ. So please pray for us. And as always, we are praying for you, especially our patrons. We pray for you every day. May God bless you.